stuff to uh, mod most things. Actually, almost everything got modded, um, which is really the best way to go about uh, finishing a 3D print. Um, I'm always trying to promote uh, the idea that the 3D print is just the base, um, and you should go in there and, and modify it and tweak it um, to get as much out of it as you can. Um, there's our logos. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> so there's the there's the Thorn Portal. That one's pretty crazy. And that's a nice two-part print. And for everyone that may be watching or watches later, I apologize. Apparently, when you go live streaming, you're supposed to actually hit go. And I didn't. So the first two minutes <laughs> of this broadcast got skipped. So once again, I'm James McCann. This is Eric Eskew. And we're with Bad Tentacles. So, yeah. Um, right, about this, this one that's on the screen, this portal. Uh, this portal is, um, this portal is a, uh, it's a thorn portal. Uh, it comes from the world of thorn. Um, you can use it with your Tyranids or your aliens or any kind of spiny monster stuff. Um, Christopher Hirschberger painted it for us and, um, it's a two part print. It prints without supports. Um, unless you're, unless you're a real sloppy person. Um, and then, uh, yeah, um, it's a really nice, nice little piece. You can hide characters in it. We always like to use it to, uh, we use it like the Nidus tunnels from, um, Starcraft where you have two of them. You send characters in one side that pop out the other side. So yeah, I always thought that was a cool project. Um, and it's one of the, one of the many pieces that we've got. And this is the, this is the, the destroyed or even decimated, uh, thorn portal where it's been blown up it's full of holes it's all oozing oozing its insides outside um but yeah that one's <clears throat> that one's pretty cool it's got lots of like little green boogers and disgusting stuff hanging out of it it's kind of wild um i can't remember how many parts that prints in uh this one yeah i think this one's only two parts is that one also two parts yeah Okay. Yeah. So there's that. Um, let's see. Oh, I love that. I love how the holes. I, I actually made some specialty tools to make the holes, um, which made this so much fun. Um, but it has. Uh, I love the giant hole in the back. Uh, the back side of the uh, of the model. They're just these ugly orifices. We talked about putting in some like glowing green lights or something, or or pumping um, uh, vapor out of the back of it. Uh, because it's supposed to be smoking, like a smoking mess. Um, <laughs> so yeah, these are these are eggs from Thorn. Uh, these again were were painted. All all the stuff is painted by Chris. So, um, but these are really cool. Um, I had a lot of fun um, making these. We're already talking about different uh, different additions to this line of uh, pieces that's going to be coming out. Uh, but this is what we have for this Kickstarter, um, and, and you guys can get all that stuff uh, from here. So yeah, what else you got? These are these are uh, paint jobs of the Thorn Spire. Now I need to point out these Thorn Spires are not they, even though they're shaped the same as the original ones from the uh, or the Thorn Kickstarter. These are hollowed out to support LEDs, so they give a glowing effect. 
Yeah, we had a lot of requests for um, hollowing different pieces out uh, so that people could put things in them, uh, either gas or um, or vapor or uh, lights. Um, so we started really kind of uh, pursuing that with a lot of the different pieces. Not everything did it, and we didn't do it as much as I would have liked, but we did it with a lot of things. We did experiment. Yeah, we did experiment. All right, so I don't. Do we have? We don't have a photo of this portal. This is the first of the portals. Um, we don't have a photo with it. We don't have a photo of it with a miniature in it. I don't believe. But this um, is the. This is the first portal. Uh, this is the portal from Scorch, uh, which is the Dune world or the Sand world, the desert world, like Tatooine, and <clears throat> all the effects are. Um, our paint effects, um, but basically, you can put. You should be able to put uh, a sixty, maybe even a ninety uh, millimeter uh, based character through that portal, no problem. Um, it's nice and big. Uh, also, that was also need to point out that when Eric designed this, this is an open lock tile piece. So the portal that the edging is clipped on with open lock clips. So you can either add it to your existing open lock terrain or make it a piece of scatter terrain with this skirting. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of people that are uh, that are not really into the tile system, which is why we created end caps for all the pieces. The concept is is that it doesn't matter if you start if your base if you start when I start building sometimes I start building on an open lock tile because of the flexibility and also the modularity. But a lot of times, um, what we're finding is is that uh, people are moving away from some people are moving away from that, and all they want is scatter terrain. And so that's why we created end caps for this. It basically solves the problem where I can make it both an open lock tile and a piece of scatter terrain that everybody can enjoy uh, for their various tabletop games. So yeah. Is that the unpainted? That's the unpainted one. This is the unpainted version. It's all glued down. Um, primered. Primered. It's it's primed and glued down. Uh, our uh, Christopher made sure to like, lock everything into place. Um, most of the stuff we treated like scatter terrain because uh, that was the best way to just sort of represent it. This is the destroyed portal. Like somebody blew it up. <clears throat> Um, it's got multiple chunks in it. It's really a lot of fun to put characters in there and use that as um, uh, uh, cover. Um, I like and, this one because I like anything that looks destroyed. Yeah, I, I like how it looks as well. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, with the post-processing with this one, uh, he made sure to um, uh, cover it with uh, a sand uh, flocking or, well, he glued sand to it. Um, which really enhances uh, the overall look and feel of uh, the piece. Um, although we do have uh, sort of the undulating waves in the sand itself, um, it's really nice to have um, that extra little uh, touch of uh, uh, that sand texture to really enhance the, um, uh, the overall surface. And plus you can put the sand on anything. You can raise it up and put it on... Um, any part of the model. Uh, it's a really great way of, uh, of modding a piece. Gilbert Mondragon's yelling out at you. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I love Gil. He's amazing. Uh, uh, 
he's he's been such an encouraging uh, uh, factor in my life and and in the work that I've been trying to do. Uh, he's been so supportive. He's tried to teach me some things about airbrushing. I need to get back. I need to get into it. And and yeah, he runs the styrene syndicate. He's such a great friend. Um, I really I really appreciate him uh, being so supportive. So. And in the last few days, he's had the most amazing dragons in his group that he's been working on. They are just my mind's blown. <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to find out where he got them. I know I know where he got them, but you should talk. I to wasn't him. impressed with the dragons. I was more impressed with the paint jobs. Oh, the paint job is amazing. Paint I know. Beautiful gradients with uh, with a reticulated edge. Um, it's just a really nice looking feel. Uh, you know, anytime we see, you know, people finishing pieces and talking about them, um, it really makes a big difference, uh, to, uh, to a piece because just seeing a gray piece, you know, as a sculptor and a designer, gray pieces are just beautiful in and of themselves. But the truth is, is that you see somebody who really knows how to paint, uh, like, like my friend, uh, Gil, um, and, and it, it really brings things to life. Um, it's the same thing with Chris when he painted the portal. Um, the the dune portal, dune scorch portal, um, the glow effects, you know, really set it off and make it look like it's it's alive. Um, and a lot of people don't really, um, they don't they don't either they don't take the time to do that stuff or they don't realize how to do it. Um, they don't put it in the practice, and it's a bit of a shame because it's such a great surface to start on that stuff. So yeah, Reaper miniatures. Um, I've looked at Reaper uh, with Gil uh, over at the Siren Syndicate a couple of times. Um, and they, they, they do put out a great product, but yeah. <clears throat> All right. Now these, these are the trees, right? Yeah. These are the trees from, these are the trees from Inferno. They're supposed to be burnt trees. Um, I believe, and they're basically the, the remains of, you know, trees in, uh, in, in a battle zone. Uh, you can see the open lock, uh, faces on that. We do have end caps for this, I believe. I'm pretty yeah. sure we got yeah um so you can turn these into nice little pieces of scatter terrain um most of the time when i make trees i insist that they have you know uh canopies i think trees without canopies is kind of silly um but um this here is the burnt trees or the scorched trees or inferno trees so they're already they're already beat up pretty badly um Gotta have fucking burnt up trees, man. <laughs> it is it is supposed to be fair tabletop gaming, so you know it is a war zone. I'm assuming um, it's it's pretty dark, uh, pretty pretty rough. Um, so yeah. Now also the tree on the far right with a little bit of a reddish tint, that one has a hollowed it out enough base that you can actually put a single LED. Uh, basically, one of with a lot of people use it, the ear earring LEDs. You can put one in there and it glows up through the tree. Yeah, and that's that's a mod, although we didn't do this with that product, that's a mod that we've talked about where we take a Dremel tool and we basically core out the bottom of the tile. Again, every time you guys print something, um, it really is a great idea to just sit down and, and figure out, are you gonna mod it? How far can you take that mod? Um, you know, is, is, cause the final product doesn't just exist off the, printer yes you can take things from the printer and throw it on the table and start playing with it but um taking the, that extra step going that extra mile uh finishing the piece in some fashion even if it's all you're doing is flocking it uh or putting sand on it 
um, or putting grass on it, it you know it makes it all the difference uh, to the piece, and it can bring a lot of things that are just three D printed to life. Um, there and there's so many techniques for doing things like disguising, um, disguising the uh, the the Z layer lines, um, but overall. <clears throat> You know, paint paint is a nice starting point. Paint and primer is a nice starting point. Always. So, uh, these guys are check, check, uh, checkpoints or or goals uh, control for the points. control points. Yeah, um, and they're these little obelisks with skulls carved into them or, or sunk into alcoves in them. Uh, uh, excuse me, just a second. But yeah, Chris painted those. Can you talk about that for just a second? What's that? Can you talk about those for a second? Because you printed those out. Yeah. These are a very simple print. No supports required. Um, and they, I believe, and I stand to be corrected, but I believe that these were either for Scorch or Inferno. But I believe it was Scorch. To use I, as point. I thought those were for Inferno. Well, there were so many pieces. I can't keep track of all of them. Uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're somewhere. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in the pile somewhere. So yeah. Now this is my favorite. This is the Grove Portal. Nice tree canopies with a stone arch. Uh, these are this is primered right now. We will add full painted pictures when Chris finishes this one, but this is going to be an absolutely amazing piece once he has it finished. That is probably one of the that I don't think that I don't know if that's the biggest one we did, but it's close. And that one was the second portal I wanted to design. Um, Grove, Grove is the world that we've we haven't really sunk the most time into, but it is the one that I've got my imagination on most of the time because uh, I kind of see it as a combination of uh, of a fantasy and sci-fi world and how to leverage that space. And I always love the idea of um, going between worlds. And when I think about that, I think about like things like the Fae um, and, and Lord of the Rings and traveling between spaces. Um, and so you've got this beautiful uh, stone arch and then this tree is growing around and through the arch and kind of holding it up a little bit. Um, so it's just, um, it, it, and it's all covered with, I went and found some runes and I did some scroll work on it. Uh, like you do, like you have in the, the Celtic, uh, 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 parts of the world. Um, so it was a lot of fun to make that. So, but yeah, I want to see that one painted so much. Um, I really do. It is, uh, <laughs> It was very, very difficult to make. I found that to be one of the, the hardest pieces. Uh, this is from, this is also from, uh, this is from Scorch. This is one of the obelisks. Um, I, I had a lot of people asking me for standalone obelisks. Uh, Greg Janung actually really pushed that, uh, pushed me to, to extract the obelisks and make them um, separate from um, the open lock tiles. The open lock tiles. Um, this is before we started making uh, end caps for the open lock tiles so that we can do scatter terrain. But um, I really thought that it would be a good idea to pull these off at the time. And I still do, I, you know, so, but these are painted pretty nicely. Um, we talked about <clears throat> possibly printing these uh, in a translucent resin and then painting painting the whole thing with a really opaque paint, except, the, except for the, uh, 
the carving lines and then just using those uh, leaving uh, leaving those blanks so that when we show when we pumped light through the object those lines would glow whatever pigment the uh, the resin had um, we haven't done it yet but we do talk about modding it in our own way so yeah Shrubberies, bring me a shrubbery. That's right. Um, these were a lot of fun. Um, we 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 didn't really think about this too too much originally um, when we were creating Grove. Uh, Grove's all trees and such. And although I live I live in the woods, <laughs> I live in a house that lives in the woods. Um, there is a lot of underbrush. Um, um, and we we started talking about you know try, uh, like what else can we make for Grove, uh, so we made some shrubbery, and I treated them a lot like um, they're kind of like boxwoods that are up against things, which is why you can see you know the the trunk of the shrub, um, and uh, and and how um, how there's sort of like an undercut inside of it. Um, we were we're actually talking about doing some other neat things with the shrubberies as well. Um, but right now, uh, it's just sort of um, uh, uh, these are the three types that we're gonna, we're offering uh, to uh, to consumers who want to three uh, D print them. So yeah. In this one picture, you'll see two of the other pieces that are not in the that are not done painted. That are just basically bushes on the ground, which oh. the large one over here. You can actually hide a figure under. Oh yeah, that one's that one is just a, um, it's just the canopy of the shrub. So that one was um, slap a goblin under it, and you're ready to go. Exactly. We we were talking about it like uh, like wearing a cardboard box and uh, and just you know putting it on top of the character. So we spent some time playing with that. That one's actually got holes inside of it. So um, yeah. So yeah. Holy crap, we're already funded. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one of my favorites. Strata. This, Strata Strata is Strata is the one world that I really wish that more people had printed and shared with us. Um, uh, one of my favorite printers um, outside of our shop um, printed uh, pieces from Strata, printed like everything from Strata, and he's up in um, Anchorage, Alaska. And his, he printed so much stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Uh, but Strata really needed a portal. And Strata's getting, gonna be getting some updates. Uh, we've already talked about them. I'm not gonna talk about them right now, but Strata's gonna be getting some updates. And Strata to me, although it, it does use a system, it is probably by far my favorite because Strata is very much uh, Cloud City, uh, Bespin, um, any any sort of Star Wars city things. Um, I mean, originally we made it uh, to go with the Tau because um, I love the Tau. I think the Tau are so cool. Um, but the whole concept of it is very fun for me. I love the shapes. I love the giant rings. Um, and that portal's massive. You can put James can put his hand through that portal. Oh, um, easily. And it's and his hands are big. He's got big hands. I mean, we're both big people. Uh, but that is by far um, 
one of the uh, one of the most fun uh, uh, worlds to, to work on. I can't wait to work on the expansions for it. So, or more of the expansions for it. This is an expansion for it, but yeah. Yeah. Now with this one, the bottom picture, that's the control point because it's a sci-fi based um, theme. We figured we'd put a control panel for the control point rather than an obelisk or a stone pillar. So it's integrated into the uh, tile set. You can either put it in or you can put an, an, another flat piece in and have a complete flat surface for you land your TIE Fighters. Yeah. Now this is a render of a freestanding floating rock which is an interesting concept. Originally, they were designed for Strata to be able to build off of. This one is actually freestanding. You just set it in the middle of the table, which gives you line of sight cover. It makes it difficult for aerial attack from TIE fighters. Depending on what game you're playing, it has a lot of potential. Yeah, we're, we're not sure how many... We're not sure when we're going to... Uh, I don't know how to say this. We may make more of these in the future because we really like the idea of the floating rocks, um, and we use a lot of the same principles uh, uh, to keep them to get them off the ground that you see in in places like um, uh, Disney with the uh, with the um, the blue the blue cat people. I can't remember the name of the movie all of a sudden, or the name of the people, and I should know this. Um, <laughs> They didn't give me necessarily Avatar. the idea. What's that? Avatar. 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 Yeah. They didn't give me the idea necessarily because um, uh, uh, there's always been floating islands and and vines and stuff in uh, fantasy and sci-fi stuff. Um, but I really liked how they did it over at uh, Disney. How they floated the rocks, and it makes a lot of sense because it's, it's basically the same concept. Um, uh, we're using basically the same concept uh, for this for this kind of stuff, which is basically that the vines hold up these unwieldy rock-like shapes um, that get us get us get get, get us the, give us the impression that they're off the ground. Um, and so. I'll do my best to have a test print done of this and an updated photo added to the Kickstarter uh, by the end of the week. Then comes Inferno. Oh yeah, the Inferno portal. We it it kind of happened by accident, but this is probably the smallest of the portals. And James has always said that the Inferno portal, you're supposed to be putting stuff into hell, not letting it out, <laughs> not letting it out. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. And I, I don't know why it happened that way, but the design the design was basically, um, uh, you know, how can we make something like really off balance and really uncomfortable. Um, and I was thinking about Hellraiser and I was thinking about all of the, the different art and design that went into that. And when I designed this, I really wanted a set of stairs that were kind of out in the open. Um, and the portal was kind of uh, hard to get at um, uh, and raised up. So somebody, if you wanted to use it, if you were trying to escape through it, you were gonna get shot or attacked or whatever. Uh, but this is this is a crazy design. It's supposed to be like this obelisk uh, as well as just a portal. Uh, so it really is one of the more fun parts uh, of of that uh, expansion. But yeah. Also, this like all the Inferno terrain, the stairs are playable as you can see in the top picture. 
we made an overhang where your bases can slide up under it so your characters don't fall off the staircase. Yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that stair, stairs need to be playable. Uh, no matter how you use them, how you design them, how you work them into your game, stairs really need to be playable. Um, I, I just can't, I can't deal if my stairs aren't playable. Uh, which is kind of funny because there are areas in, in some of the worlds where the terrain is so rough that you really can't put miniatures. But then again, you know, that's how the world is. You know, you can't climb, you can't climb up the side of a mountain like Billy Goat, you know, without gear or training or whatever. Uh, so why should your characters be able to do? Um, so we really don't, that doesn't really bother us too much, but yeah, it's, it's a complicated, uh, it's a complicated thing, but uh, yeah, stairs, stairs should always be playable. Then it's just my personal take on that, but excuse me. <clears throat> now this is the control point for Inferno. Try to give it that hell look, keep the theme going, but made it a piece of uh, movable scatter terrain where you can put it wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. This is um, this is a little little tiny uh, nasty control point. It's supposed to look like. Um, uh, either HR Giger or Bones or even um, Doom kind of style. A um, lot of fun to make that uh, little guy. Um, <laughs> I think it's. I think. I think we could probably print it double size uh, and still still have a lot of fun with it. But yeah. Uh, these are some. These are some barriers. I don't remember what world they're associated with, but I we needed some extra. What's it is? Yeah. Okay. We need some extra barriers, so um, threw these together. Uh, slap these down. Um, these guys are relatively easy to put together. They are true scatter terrain. They don't actually connect with anything uh, other than you know um, themselves. Um, but these guys are these guys are really great to play, paint. They've got this great layering uh, feature to them, um, so they're a lot of fun. So we've got a bunch of stretch goals. Uh, jump past that. These are some scorch uh, stones, rocks, and obelisks. Um, that we turned into scatter terrain. Yep, we turned that into scatter terrain. Uh, that is straight up scatter terrain. Uh, no end caps there. No open lock tiles. These guys are some of my favorite little goofy pieces to make. Um, we started talking about uh, uh, in Thorn, and we started talking about, you know, how does Thorn grow? You know, we started talking about the different types of things that are like Thorn, um, like the Tyranids or, or the um, Zerg um, and characters like that. And we basically were like, well, let's make, let's make a spore mine. Let's make a spore mine that releases gas and, and messes everybody up. Um, and that's what these are. These are little tiny ugly spore mines. They're supposed to look like they have like skulls in them, but it's really just that um, that effect where you see faces uh, in in random objects. Um, and they're they they print really nicely. Um, I think they're are they three part three part prints? Yeah, three part prints. They're three part print. Um, they're cute little things, but you could always scale them up. The base the base is actually part of the print. Um, but uh, I always like the idea that they kind of like, they kind of float around. <laughs> and if you touch them, then you set them off and, you know, then you get gassed. So <laughs> I always thought that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah. 
and this is a um, this is a miniature platform. Um, we were talking about you know um, we we're talking about different things. Uh, this guy originally I was trying to treat it like a table um, or like a lily pad. So I was thinking you'd have like a couple of them. Um, I'd probably pr if I was going to print this, I'd probably print you know uh, ten ten at regular size. You know. Uh, you know, six at a slightly larger size. And I say slightly larger, I'm talking like a small percentage. And then a few at, you know, uh, that are half again as large as um, as the as the file is. Um, and then I just sort of like place them all around and make little pedestals uh, for characters to walk on. It's not their original intention, but it, it's, it's just how I would treat it, uh, looking at it, looking back at that, because that project, that part of the project is pretty old. Um, I mean, so we've been working on it for three months. So there's a number of ways to work with that with that asset. I personally have printed these at half size, full size, double size, and I actually am in the process of printing one at nine inches on an Ender 3 to maximum mm -hmm. print bed because they're perfect for just about anything. The large ones you can use as a, 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 a place to have uh, combat. You can use them like lily pads going across lava, across swamps. There's a lot of things that you can do with them. So adjusting the size and use your imagination. Yeah. And I, I, I really, w I wish Chris had that, uh, that gummy um, green stuff that we use as like slime. Uh, Cause I would have loved to see that in the, in the crevices. Uh, but yeah. Um, which, what did we name this thing? This is uh, the bio barrier wall. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the, uh, we, we've been talking a lot about uh, Thorn and how it's a little bit like coral. And it's a little bit like an organic uh, uh, war structure. So uh, this is supposed to be like a piece of coral with these heavy plates on the front of it. We can hide all sorts of different characters behind it for the tabletop. Um, it's it's definitely a gr really gross and and. Uh, structure, but it, it seems to print very easily without really any um, without any real trouble uh, in your printer. Um, most of the stuff we're making is not what I would call um, difficult to print, um, but yeah, that's definitely. Um, thanks, Frederick. Yeah, thanks, Frederick, man. That's definitely uh, that's definitely one of the ones that a lot of people would probably be scared of. But I, I believe we printed that completely without supports. Yes. No. And my local game club is using right now using mine. I printed three of these for test prints, and they're using them in a Warhammer campaign. <laughs> nice. What else we got? Oh yeah, the, these are. Oh man, I loved making these. Um, this is originally from the Unchecked Growth, uh, which was the first big expansion for Thorn. Chris did such a great job on these. I, I really wish we had more stuff like this. Um, this is such a cool little piece, um, and you can put so many things on it. Um, yeah, I think that that character is a 60 millimeter base, so you can only put one of him on it. But if you had the three uh, 30 millimeter based characters, you can definitely get them up on there. And it's just a it's a wonderful little pedestal. Uh, either if you're going to use it for a showpiece or if you're going to use it for terrain, it's such a great little thing uh, to to move characters around on. Um, I I loved making this, and I love uh, seeing people use them. So yeah. Well, this is a great piece because it gives you a line of cover. It also gives you elevated fire. I mean, right. 
depending on what game you're playing, it has a lot of cap a lot of options. I'm I, I really that's one of the big things. Um, ever since I started, I want to get characters. I want to get characters and cover off the ground. Um, I always I always got really kind of frustrated with the idea that your character was you know only at you know ground level, um, unless somebody put down like a slab of styrofoam or something. Um, so getting them higher uh, means that you can shoot. You can shoot further. You can you can pull the whole Star Wars thing. I have the high ground. Don't do it. <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, it's really important to me to get uh, a lot of elevation uh, on pieces. Um, it really makes for a much more interesting um, uh, table uh, experience. Uh, not to mention that you kind of have to. You get to move around a lot more because you have to measure um, your line of sight from all these different angles, uh, which really help a lot. Now, this is another piece that we haven't gotten printed out yet. We will add photos as we get them done. But this is the um, Razorback Crawler. Yeah, the Razorback Crawler, it's it's unlike the original crawler. You really can't, you can't crawl on it. You can't use it um, uh, like the traditional crawler. This one is designed almost like a land shark. It will cut you up. It'll mess up your characters. Uh, you really don't want to get near it. Um, but the- uh, I begged for this one because I look at it as this my space marine eater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, unlike the grinder coil, uh, which is just going to beat you to death, this thing is this thing is much more uh, designed to you know uh, cut you open like a, a can opener. Uh, it's a really aggressive uh, uh, print as well. Which one's this one? This one's the uh, rolling desert. This, this is the rolling desert. Four hundred and fifty by four hundred and fifty millimeter piece, nine tiles. Yeah, this is uh, another. This is another. I need to cover a huge area uh, sort of piece. Um, Worlds Overrun is all about uh, tabletop coverage. Um, so this piece in particular um, is is just a huge piece of landscape. Um, I believe we're showing it without end caps. Correct. Yeah, you can put end caps on this, but basically it's it's a dune area, um, and it's a great uh, little spot for you to throw. Um, throw a bunch of characters on and have them uh, have to deal with uh, rough terrain. Um, it also has some elevation areas, uh, but they're very limited because uh, it's supposed to be like a desert. Um, plus you gotta get your characters on there, so. All right, let's see, what do we got next? And then we have the clover fields, which is another massive piece. It's 400 by 400 millimeters. Right. Um, and basically, what we did was is that we've got a we've got a nice uh, adjoining uh, section, so you've got a smooth transition between the four tiles. Um, it makes it really nice. Uh, kind of uh, trying to pay attention to those those gaps and those seams to make them look a little bit cleaner. Um, if I were to take this though and turn it, I put this together. And if I were going to put end caps on this, uh, I'd either use I I like epoxy sculpt, but I know a lot of uh, tabletop players. Anthony, what's going on? Prefer to use um, green stuff. Uh, I use that to fill in any gaps and then uh, flock it or cover it with sand or whatever. Um, and that's how I would uh, finish this guy off or prepare it for paint or what have you. Um, so yeah, that's a big piece. 
this is the Thorn Prime Mini. Uh, Chris painted these up really nicely. We actually have, do we have, we don't have the destroyed one, do we? Oh, Here's we do. There's the destroyed one. So this is an expansion to that. We basically took it and punched it full of holes, almost like it got hit with uh, alien alien blood acid and just burned out burned out the inside. Um, great little addition uh, to the table. It turns hard cover into into soft cover a little bit here. Uh, great piece uh, to throw around on the table. Uh, again, printing them in multiple sizes is relatively easy. They print really easy. Um, it's just a great little, uh, great little, little object. I love all the surfaces that uh, came out of it. So, all right, let's see. Ah, now these are just sketches of these next three because they're concepts. But this one is the uh, floating island landing pad. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be anybody to be surprised that I started working on and we're already making changes to the, from the concept uh, just to make it a little bit more smart. Um, but it is relatively similar to that. Um, so they're not a one-to-one -one thing. Uh, and they really shouldn't be. A lot of time concepts change uh, in production. Um, and this is a good example of, um, of, a, of a piece that's going to be it's going to probably evolve as we work on it, um, either because scale needs to be worked on or whatever. And it's a rather large piece. Yeah, already the blockout for it is pretty massive. Um, I don't want to give you guys an idea of that just yet because I don't have the file in front of me and I can't. I don't want to be held to something if I have to make changes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a pretty pretty slick little item. Now this one. This is the one I'm looking forward to. This is the way station. Yeah, the way station is another uh, floating piece of material. Um, we're um, we're going to end up spending some real time uh, fixing that up. Um, we haven't even blocked that out yet. This is just a preliminary sketch, um, just to get our idea down. And then the airships that go with it. With airships are. Canaries. Yeah, these these again are also preliminary uh, illustrations. We're just trying to get our idea down to get us uh, to to keep the idea flowing. Um, you, most of the stuff that we build gets some sort of sketch, some sort of quick little line art. Um, nothing too crazy because um, we're really interested in making the 3D, not really uh, spending too much time on uh, the 2D. Um, but yeah, it gives you, gives you an idea about what we're uh, preparing for. Now this is the defense fort, which is a sci-fi base that Eric has designed. Yeah, the, this was a lot of fun to make as well. Um, I have a few more pieces that have to go into that, but this is um, this is uh, a wicked-looking uh, sci-fi defense fort. Um, you have both uh, hard and soft cover with this, depending on how you use it. Um, it's it was a bit of a bear to make, uh, but it prints without supports, um, and it it's really rather uh, a really rather fun design. Yeah, it is a little bit on the big side. Um, all or big, but I like large. You know, go go large or go home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and this piece here is kind of like that. Um, 
The ladder uh, is completely playable. You gotta snug your characters up in there. Unless you have a weird size base, they should just go right in there for your standard uh, 35 millimeter. Um, but yeah, that one's pretty pretty easy to work with. Now this one is my favorite because Eric hasn't given me an image of it yet. This is the defense towers to go with that base to give you um, elevated towers for gun placements, uh, troops, so on. But they will replace these corner sections. Uh, they're an add-on for the corner section. Yeah. They're an add-on for the corner section. But uh, the it's much cooler. Yeah, the defense tower is... Um, I have some concepts for it, but the concepts on paper are pretty ugly. And I want to build the thing because I think if I build it, it'll make more sense. Uh, so, yeah. Now, this next one is my favorite, but I am still printing it. And that is the Lava Falls from Inferno. Yeah, that thing's kind of crazy. That's 300 millimeters by 400 millimeters by 200 millimeters tall. It is massive. Putting the end caps around it makes it a great piece of scattered terrain on any table, and you can integrate it into any open lock system, and it's completely playable. It is just so cool. Yeah, that's that one. That one we're also talking about what we can do with it, um, as in modding or, or adding to it or changing it. So now we come to our social goals. And our social goals, very simple system, you know, as the goals are open, the number of goals opens a particular reward. And these are just to try to help people help us. Uh, all the links and the shares are included in the Kickstarter. And here are some of the examples of the social goals. Eric? Yes. Talk about it. <laughs> Uh, this is a modded version of um, of our bio vent. Uh, this one's also hollow on the inside now, uh, so you can pump smoke through it. Um, again, painted by Chris uh, Christopher Oshberger, and it is uh, it's pretty intense. Um, he wanted it to look like something out of uh, out of someone's aquarium, so that's why it uh, <clears throat> that's why it's got that uh, multicolored paint job. Eric's um, not a paint job, but I love it. I love anything bright on the field. It's a primary target. <laughs> I think everybody, everybody that's that's seen it before launch said that they liked it. I'm just, you know, the weirdo that that thought it should be all green or something. <laughs> now this one is the Death Mound. It's a modified version of uh, one of the pieces that were created for Inferno, uh, and it's basically this image does not give it do it justice. I'll have to get a better image. Uh, but this is basically a pile of bones, skulls, and bodies. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, this is 150 millimeter by 150 millimeter. Is that right? I, or is it 200 millimeter? I don't remember. I, we've got so many pieces. It's I huge. It's massive. It's massive. It's the kind of thing where if you if you had two of them on the field, you'd be you could hide you could hide your whole squad behind it. And your enemies would be intimidated because of all the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's definitely metal. This is my favorite of everything. Yeah, this got a really nice paint job. Um, this is that green goopy stuff. 
uh, that uh, Chris has been playing with uh, that allowed us to create that sort of water effect in the um, in the bio pool. There's a better shot of the pool itself. And there it is, unpainted. Right. Then we come into other social goals. Um, all back. Talk about all back, Eric. Uh, yeah, this guy. This guy is. You get. You get an exploded and unexploded version. Um, he's one of the demons. Um, we've had. Uh, this guy was a lot of fun. Um, but. Uh, he was also really, really troublesome to make him printable, but we cut him into parts. So, you know, you, you can cut out, uh, you can print most of the pieces uh, with the SLA and then uh, reassemble him. But yeah, we need to get a painted version at some point. Uh, these guys are the bio tentacles. I think there's like four or five. Is it four or is it only three? There's a number of these. There's several of them. We only picture photographed and painted the one at this point right yeah and they they come in uh, like like this one i think is a small one and then there's a much larger one it's just, just a bigger grouping of them and it basically like barbed wire it, it separates the field it like spreads out you know where you can go where you can't go that kind of thing the larger um, one is also playable inside in between the tentacles you can get 30 millimeter bases in there so you could actually take a unit, a, a venture party, or a unit of Space Marines, and work your way through it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Uh, these are some new trees that we're developing. Um, these guys are kind of like breaking away from the ground. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, roots coming off of those. They're they're kind of crazy. Um, there's a lot going on with that. And these are massive. Also, these are what I believe 200 millimeters tall, 250 millimeters tall. Yeah, they're pretty substantial. Um, the whole point is, again, you know, if you're going to build a forest or if you're going to, you know, have you know ships flying around, you know, um, what kind of obstacles are you going to put in their place? Um, how are you going to limit uh, um, uh, fire? Uh, you know, and so we have to make sure we we build stuff like that. Now, this one is the Guardian. It's a figure that we worked up here at um, Bad Tentacles, and we've included it as a social goal. It's a pretty impressive piece. Um, I should I should add a, an exploded version of this later so that people can see how many pieces they're dealing with. But if I'm not mistaken, it's five or uh, six pieces. Yeah, the, I think the body and the torso all print is one piece. The arms all come off. Right. And then the weapon is, comes in two parts so that, that it's printable. So, yeah. These and then are, the last of the social goals, the faceless women. Yeah, these are, these are statues from uh, Inferno, and they're all sort of uh, messed up and, you know, had their faces, you know, scoured off. Um, they're, they're pretty intense. Yeah. And there you can see Chris at the bottom. Yep. But yeah, 
we wanted to share the Kickstarter with everybody and we wanted to give as much information as possible um, and explain what our thoughts were behind it. Your imagination is what's in charge of how you use this terrain. We're just trying to give you the insight of what we envisioned when we were working on it. Because we get excited about what you guys do. We love to see your prints. We love to see your finished pieces. So feel free to Facebook us or email us with those. We just want to see it because there's nothing better than seeing your work come to life. Speaking of whatever, like I said, our guy, our guy up in Alaska, he printed, he printed so much stuff. He printed so much stuff. We spent an hour playing like find it in the piece. We're like, what's, is that, what is that over in the corner? Is that one of those things? Oh yeah, it's one of those things. And he had all the floating rocks. He had a whole bunch of floating rocks and floating staircases from uh, Inferno. And it was just so much fun uh, seeing how he how he finished them, how he painted them, how he represented the pieces. It was uh, it was really a lot of fun to see that. We don't get to see enough of that stuff, sadly. But yeah. I believe that covers just about everything. Also want to point out to everybody that we do have a Patreon, which has some really cool assets and some really large pieces. If you're, if you like the world's overrun stuff, check out the Patreon. You might find stuff you like. Yeah. Got can check it out. No, I don't have anything else this time. All right. Anybody's got questions, feel free to email us. You can reach us at info at worlds or message me or Eric on Facebook. We're, active through the community we're always online i never sleep <laughs> i wish that wasn't true <laughs> but and if you've got questions or need help feel free to reach out because we're more than happy to help anybody with printing issues with uh pain instruction you know whatever we're here to help absolutely oh, i almost forgot the most important thing for me see i'm partners with Bad Tentacles, but I also own Haldane Creations, and Haldane Creations prints 3D items. And as part of this Kickstarter, for anyone that goes all in on the Kickstarter, I will give them a 25% discount on any pieces they want printed. So keep that in mind. That way, if you don't have a home printer, you can still get the stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, or we need to have a home printer, and you're like me sometimes, don't have time, or just too lazy at times, which I admit. It's, I will be there to help. Yeah, absolutely. So anytime you guys need stuff, let us know. We're, we're trying to make it happen, trying to elevate the gaming. But yeah. All right. Back to Kickstarter, everybody. We appreciate okay. the support. We love all of you. And we got some really cool stuff coming out in the future. But your support is what allows us to create those new projects. So everyone have a great day. Thank you.